In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Marij Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi, salli ala nabiyika daiman Li haadhi dunya wa basin saani Assalamu alaikum. My name is Haris Chaudhary and I am your stand-in host for this week's Conviction Project where we leave you with no doubts. Your regular host, Marij, is a waif, so I have stepped in to cover his thing. And my guest today is uh, Imam Farhan Iqbal Sab. And today we will be discussing the topic of big data and privacy. Imam Sab, welcome to the program. Jazakallah. It's a pleasure to always be here. So one of the things I would like to discuss on today's topic is how big data essentially the collection of all of our information is everywhere it doesn't have really have a physical presence so it's you know essentially nowhere and everywhere but it knows everything about us it knows our movements our thoughts the things that we search the things that we're interested in who our friends are our financial status uh, how well we sleep at night whether or not we exercise and as the things that we buy so this poses a bit of an interesting question on the topic of privacy and exactly how much privacy an individual should expect in this world. Um, so to open it up to you, uh, Farhansa, what are your thoughts on the current state of the world where everything and everyone is tracked? Uh, it's it's uh, frankly a bit, a bit scary uh, because... Uh, there's so much uh, data that is being collected about us. And uh, the thing is that for both both of our generations, your generation and my generation as well, um, we are like being experimented on because uh, uh, they're collecting all this data about us. And uh, we don't really know where it's going and where exactly it's, it's, being, uh, it's being stored. Um, the thing is that th- there is a fa- actually a physical presence of all this data because it has to go into some hard disk somewhere. Uh, for instance, Google has these, uh, you would know better, but I think these are called farms where, you know, f- so I, I, I actually searched this on Google once, where does all this YouTube video data go? I mean, and, and they ha- actually ha- keep copies physical, it's physically stored somewhere. We, we, we think of it as the cloud as if, it's just non-existent or, or it's, 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 uh, it's invisible, but it actually has a physical space as well in, in some desert or in some other different parts of the world, some location. There are these big, huge farms, uh, locations where all these uh, disks exist, where all this data is being stored. Right. And of course, some of it is, is, is being deleted as well. But what I'm trying to say is that a lot of data about our personal lives is being collected by someone somewhere and we don't exactly know all of their names and we don't know all the locations where this data is but it does exist and it's it is kind of scary 
uh, uh, you know, how much they know about human beings without human beings knowing that much about themselves. So it's very crazy. Yeah, it, and it's not just how much they know, it's how much we willingly tell them. For example, uh, Facebook or Instagram or any other social media site, they are free to use. So you, the individual, you don't have to pay for the service that they provide. However, the issue is, is that you, the individual, the person with purchasing power, are the product sold. For example, Facebook is essentially an advertising front. They collect all of the information because we ourselves give it up so freely. We, you know, we put every thought that crosses our mind onto Facebook. And while we're on Facebook, they can track all the things that we do, the types of groups that we like, who we interact with, um, whether or not we checked out any products. And it's you know, essentially we are giving them this information and it's being sold off to other people and other marketing firms and so on. And they take that and it's sold back to, essentially our information is used to sell us things. So to put an example, you know, if you go on Amazon and you searched up, oh, I need uh, I needed a new uh, drill set because you're doing some DIY projects at home. Now Amazon knows that you're interested in DIY projects. And so they will try to sell you more of these products and other websites that you go to where Amazon has a, uh, a web presence where they have advertising things, you will see advertisements for those things. If you are searching, for example, for a new car, where you go and online, you'll see advertisements for new cars because everybody is essentially trying to get you to buy their product. And the reason and the how they do it is that we give them our information. And so this is a genuine problem in that, you know, many people aren't cognizant of the fact that they're giving this information away or that their information is essentially publicly viewable and can be bought and sold by, you know, anyone who wishes to. And the problem that arises for me is that it essentially becomes almost a subversion of free will because we're not aware of the impact that this advertising this marketing has and it does have it there's no way that it doesn't they pay billions and billions a year to make sure that it does and they're very and they are very good at it and so you you know from sorry i'm cutting you off from the islamic perspective um, there is this uh, narration in jamia tirmizi mm -hmm. it is narrated by sahal bin saada saadi uh, that a man uh, peeked in on the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the apartments of Huzur and Huzur was combing his hair at that time uh, with an iron comb. He was combing his hair and this man just peeked through a hole into his house. So when the Holy Prophet وسلم, found out about this, that when he was told that this person had peeked into his house, he said that if mm -hmm. I knew that you were looking at me at that time, I would have poked your eyes with this, with this calm. Seeking permission has only been enjoined because of the site. So what, he, what, he, what he's trying to, to say is that privacy is so important that if, if you're peeked into without your permission, 
the Prophet says that you have the right to protect yourself, to protect your privacy, even aggressively, if you have to. Uh, this is the, the level of importance that Islam gives to, to privacy, even things like spying in Islam uh, for no reason, you know, spying is, 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 not, is not at all encouraged. In, in, in times of war, it's, it's a different scenario, but in, in times of peace, this is something that is not allowed. And in, in some cases, you know, these companies are at the border between gathering information about us and almost like spying on us, that just simply searching for something on Amazon, as you have just mentioned, could take you, right. uh, that means that they have taken that information on you. And you and, and this I have experienced myself many times, and I think a lot of our listeners can relate this, to this as well, that they, 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 they might search for something and then later on see advertisements about that product on other websites. And it it, it, yep. it is it is a bit creepy and you know it's it's a bit it's, it's a bit very scary. intrusive yeah, yeah. It, it is very intrusive and and the thing is that they have so many points of data on you the view the user that they can they're also very good at predicting what you might want for example you know if they know you you buy this thing or you like this program and you've been watching this program and you also signed up for this and you visited this website using those individual points of data they can build a very very good image of who you are and essentially think about the products that they could further sell you so they might be like oh this person is you know 98 you know 90% likely to buy this product why don't we add? and so they would advertise a certain product to you and oftentimes you'll find yourself thinking oh yeah i could go with i could go for one of those and you just click and you buy as well and for them that's you know that's a great success because they have predicted or essentially coerced you without you really realizing it into buying a product that you wouldn't perhaps have thought of beforehand Okay, and this is one of those. Yeah, yeah sorry, Maric. Uh, sorry, I call you Maric, uh, Harris. Uh, <laughs> so, because you guys are friends anyway, so you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, so quickly, uh, um, we have we have discussed so far the uh, problem, and we have discussed the uh, the the issue. Since you are someone who has uh, looked into this and 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 researched about this, can you suggest uh, maybe some. Uh, some ways that we can protect our privacy. I, 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 I keep seeing this advertisement on my Twitter page as well and other places by this company called DuckDuckGo or something like that. They say that Google collects information about you, but we are a search engine that does not collect information about you. Could you mm -hmm. maybe highlight uh, some of those websites which are, which are not getting information about us that we, can, that we should use instead of these other services? Um, yeah, so DuckDuckGo is a search engine that, um, unlike Google, doesn't give certain things preference over another. It just gives you uh, just raw algorithm without adjusting, um, which Google and most other ones do. Um, the issue is that it's not the be a, like it's not the be all end all of options, and it's very difficult to cover up everything. So one of the options you have is either basically remove yourself entirely off of all social media off of basically the everything on the internet, but that's virtually impossible in this day and age. You need to be using 
you know you feel like you need to use google you need to be using amazon when you buy things you, it's it's very difficult for somebody to extricate themselves from this process um the other issue is also comes down to you know how lawmakers rule on this because essentially there isn't really a strong law anywhere that can you know restrict these companies because they are essentially everywhere and they're you know, too big for most legal you know um, jurisdictions to counter and so one of the issues is that a lot of the time when something comes up um, for example when Facebook got in trouble for allowing Cambridge Analytica to essentially harvest people's data for f without them knowing which was then used to influence the uh, 2016 US uh, election and the 2016 uh, EU referendum vote what's commonly known as the Brexit vote in the UK but Facebook was called to court and when lawmakers themselves don't have knowledge, don't have the technical knowledge or the, you know, the foresight or the expertise on this, they essentially have no idea how to fix this problem because they're asking basic questions. You know, there was there's a clip um, from when Mark Zuckerberg is giving testimony to the U.S. Senate and there's U.S. senators who are don't seem to understand how Facebook makes money. Then they question him, and Mark Zuckerberg, who's the head of Facebook, his response is just, we run ads, Senator. And and it's it gives you that example of these are the people who is essentially, we elect them to protect us and serve us, but it's a, it's such a massive hole in their expertise that they are letting us down, and they can't really do anything about it. Yeah, and, and then also... And, uh, you know, the thing is that when I was following that story, it was just uh, so crazy uh yeah. if you if you re read some of the interactions between the senators and 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 um, and zuckerberg you would notice that you know the sen senators were almost getting like an orientation session about <laughs> facebook or how does this happen or how do you do this and how do you do this Ex exactly and they exactly. had no idea that this giant company that uh, you know came on the stage with the idea of connecting people and putting people together and communication and there was all this excitement has now become this this uh, I, I don't want to use the term but that is just collecting information yeah. uh, and these senators had no idea these committee members were just figuring it out and these are all really older people who are who are not that aware of how Facebook works and it was just crazy mm -hmm. to see uh, the, this interaction, and it it reminded me and of the blessings we have with 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 our Khalifa, with our Caliph uh, Mirza Masrur Ahmed, the world head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, who uh, who told us years ago that this is a very dangerous path, and this this type of social media uh, is 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 dangerous, and you should be careful, and and uh, a lot of us became very careful and and many many years later even when we did go into facebook uh we we don't put any inf personal information on it we don't put any 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 uh, photos on it any of the, that kind of stuff we are very careful with how we interact with facebook because we know that that information can end up in the hands of the wrong people who are just trying to manipulate us. And actually, this gets into manipulation, right? I mean, it, we've seen that recently as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent. It becomes a manipulation, and this is my question to you: is that we've already seen an example of this in Cambridge Analytica, and this was this is an example of a malicious company doing it. But every political campaign uses a lot of data and a lot of uh, uses a very analytical approach. Uh, Obama's two thousand eight campaign was considered one of the kind of prime examples of like the dawn of big data in politics because they were so good at listening to people now it so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always bad but it's so easy for it to be used in a negative light and this is one of the things that um, facebook amazon all these giant tech companies hide behind is that we have the idea of technology being value neutral and that technology itself doesn't have uh, an implicit negative or positive bias, but I'd argue that it's the people that construct it, construct it with their own implicit biases and all those things built into that system that they create. And so it, essentially this manipulation, this um, control that they exert over us draws into a, draws into question the concept almost of free will or free thought. And I would like to turn that over to you to hear your thoughts on you, that. You know... You know, yeah, how do you perceive th Thanks our... for that. I mean, you know, recently I actually was um, watching a documentary by CBC News um, about mm -hmm. uh, Facebook uh, policies. And uh, I couldn't finish it because I had to run. run I, I, was, I was busy at that time, but I saw a very small portion. It was very horrifying because uh, things like even, you know, <laughs> it, this gets into another area where you have these videos on uh, Facebook and other yep. platforms. And you know, in the United States, they have something called the First Amendment, uh, which uh, allows freedom yes. of expression, freedom of speech. Uh, interestingly, in Canada, we yes, don't yes. have that, but in, in the United States, they do have this. And what they do is all these companies, including Facebook, they argue that based on freedom of expression and freedom of speech, we can allow a lot of things online. And uh, I think uh, they have these people that are, that are, who are called uh, content moderators or something like that. And these people yep. Are, yep. Are, have to see these videos and other things that have been flagged. And in most cases, you know, yep. really violent videos pass through those filters yep. based on the idea of freedom of expression. And, and the, 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 the paradox there is that Facebook wants to make money and the kind of videos that help Facebook may make money are those really violent and really, um, you know, crazy videos. Uh, yeah. yeah, YouTube and gets YouTube into a lot of trouble with this as well. They, they, they generate revenue based on those videos, not some serious uh, videos about religion and other things. It's more about these these kind of videos that are that are that are going viral, and some of them are really really. And, and it's, you know, these content moderators actually start having mental health problems. They start becoming traumatized yeah, because they're seeing all these crazy things. Yeah, and that's a big issue. And then when you think about that, that's so that's the example of somebody who it's it's their job to see these things, essentially. And they're going through through so much trouble, despite possibly having training or despite realizing that they're going through this. But what does this say about us? What about people? You know, especially young developing minds, it changes, it warps the, their perception of what normal behavior is. Like, this is going to seem very heavy, but there's been... 
2017, to my knowledge, was the first social media suicide. Somebody committed in France committed suicide while live streaming the actual event. And that's horrifying when you think about it because there were lots of people watching. But it's also, this is the thing, is that we've kind of considered how we interact with others through social media and, and through the, the lens of the internet as normal behavior. But and it normalizes a lot of that extreme sort of things that we see online. You know, there's a lot of angry rhetoric or extreme rhetoric and prejudice that gets spewed out online. And there's a large spill because people think and equate the two things. For example, you know, if it's okay to say it online, then they consider it okay to say it to a person, to a real life face-to-face person. And that to me is, is, is very horrifying because you can't really take that back. Yeah, and and you know it's just uh, it's just a, the crazy world we live in, and we just hope, I guess, that uh, the trends uh, that are there eventually uh, turn uh, and take turn the corner, and uh, eventually we start getting you know, for instance, recently, positively speaking, uh, in 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 Europe, they have started really restricting data collection. Yeah. And they have introduced uh, in the European Union some uh, privacy laws. I think they came into effect in the mm-hmm. month of March of this year, where they are putting a lot of restrictions in different companies um, to 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 collect uh, to collect uh, d- data. And you know, it's even yep. more interesting when recently uh, I was listening to a podcast by the New York Times. It's called The Daily. And yes. they were talking about China and censorship in China yeah. and how the U.S. companies, yes. when they go into China, they have to abide by some of their laws in regards to censorship. And, you know, I mean, yeah, that's another extreme because China is extreme in a lot of things. And uh, especially recently, we have some information about how they treat some Muslims as well, which is very horrifying. But, but, but you know, there is a middle path somewhere here where... Yes, we have freedom of expression, but at the same time, we we have some ethical rules to follow, uh, even as a society, where we can determine a, a middle path uh, when it comes to these things, and and we can have a safer world around us. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it really to it comes down to one being aware of the problem, um, protecting yourself against it, but also making sure that. The people around you are also aware of the problem and are also aware of the, you know, the implications or the consequences of their actions as well. And I feel like, I mean, that could apply to pretty much everything, but especially with our interactions with technology, because we don't generally consider it to be anything different or, you know, especially because if something's virtual, right, we don't seem to apply the same level of critique to it that we would on something that is quote-unquote real but the effects that we see are very much the same and so we should consider them essentially along those same the same paradigm the same sort of criteria that we would a real physical life object right if you had a camera in every single room following you you would be very very paranoid about it but it, but because it's our smartphone doing it for us, we don't really consider it. And so, yeah, that's just one of those things we have to. Yeah, it's 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 not tangible. It's not it's not in in our face. We don't ha- we don't see those forums that Google has 
right. that uh, are collecting all this data about us. We don't physically know their existence, and that's why, um, you know, I mean, given the fact that, you know, the Holy Quran says uh, in, in Surah Falaq, قُلْ أَوْزُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقِ so mm-hmm. we seek refuge with God from the evil of the creation, right? So there, there is both goodness and evil in in what uh, has been created. And when it comes to even even uh, Google and other companies who are collecting data, they are providing us services that are that are really really good, and they are producing. Um, you know, a smartphone is very smart when it comes to a lot of things. Comes to right. even things like recently we have come up. They, they have these smart watches, which are really good for physical health, physical uh, fitness, and yeah. health monitoring, and those kind of things. Uh, and there's a positive aspect to all of these things, but we also want to point out the the negative side of things where where th- there's some dangers to it. And 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 like I said earlier, if we find that middle path, and uh, where things are are maybe in uh, taken in algorithms or something like that, where the privacy of individuals is maintained, I think that that would be the way to go. And in the future, hopefully, we can come into that direction. That's all we can hope for, a future where we're all on the right path. And on that note, uh, we'll be concluding today's recording. This has been The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts. Tune in next time. Take care. Assalamualaikum. Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Rasulullah, Rasulullah. Muhammadur Rasulullah Salli ala nabina Salli ala Muhammadin Salli ala habibina Salli